This is the Shoot Once Podcast, a podcast about the Columbus Blue Jackets and the NHL, a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome everyone to the Shoot Once Podcast. We have got a uh, interesting show for you tonight, just discussing where the Blue Jackets are at playoff-wise, uh, right now down 2-1 to one to the Tampa Bay Lightning. A strange series so far. Um, I mean, obviously we had some some weirdness with the uh, series against the Maple Leafs, but now we've got some more strangeness in this in this series. I mean, we had the five overtime game, which is something I don't think any of us will ever forget. Uh, we've got just just some craziness going on. So I wanted to to get into the series, uh, talk about what's really happening here, or try and get a good sense of it because. Right now, it feels like chaos a little bit. Uh, things just aren't settling down in the in the Maple Leaf series, um, and and we've had it in this Tampa series. But in the Maple Leaf series, in in Game One, there we right away we got a game of okay, the Blue Jackets can play the way they want to play and win. And in Game Two against uh, Tampa Bay, we saw that kind of thing again, where we saw a game that we thought the Blue Jackets would win and the kind of game they wanted to play to do this. And they did it. So there's some reassurances there, but there's some other things we're seeing in this series that just aren't aren't great. I mean, in both series, we've seen now a game uh, for the for the the Maple Leaf series. I think it was Game Two where we just didn't show up. Uh, now against the Maple Leaf or against the Lightning in Game Three, we have a game where it looks like they just didn't show up. So I mean, there's always potential for these things to turn around, but it sets up for a very interesting thing going forward here so we're going to start like we normally did when there was real hockey before with Dom Lachusian's projections on things now again these are projections the way statistics work is you put the numbers in you run it through it gives you an idea of out of 100 times how many times something happens doesn't mean if it's a low percentage it definitely won't happen it just means that you know maybe not as likely but definitely still could he has got the Blue Jackets at a 16% 16% chance to win to, to win the first round series right now against Tampa. It's 2-1 to one in the games I've seen. I can't argue that number too much. I know that you and I really believe in the Blue Jackets. Right now, the numbers don't. And that's going to be a lot of what we're talking about here today. Um, into how that's happened, what's happened, what we're looking at there. So we're going to jump over to the natural stat trick. Now, if you notice this, this is the 2019-2020 season before the pause. Um, prior to everything going on, five on five scoring venue adjusted. This I'm I'm saying these things kind of also for the video crowd. Uh, that's where we're looking at the numbers, but also we'll be discussing them there. So five on five numbers for the course of the season from Natural Stat Trick. The some of the big numbers we like to look at on this show, um, Corsi, which again definitely an imperfect number, but it gives you kind of an idea of possession as far as how many shots. Uh, total shots a team takes. Again, this includes blocked ones and whatnot. The Blue Jags rank 19th in the league at 48.87%. In expected goals for, which this is based on shots that aren't blocked, the quality of the chances, essentially for and then against, what do you get to? The Blue Jackets were the 11th base team in the NHL, averaging 51.73. Essentially, in any given game, if you're looking at this, you know who had the best shots for and against, the Blue Jackets came out slightly ahead. 
Scoring chances for percentage on the season. Again, all at 5-on-5. The Blue Jacks are 17th in the league at 49.72. High danger chance for percentage. The Blue Jackets were 15th, so almost dead middle in the league at 50.52%. Now, these numbers should not surprise us for a couple of reasons. One, it's just how the Blue Jackets play. Uh, If you've been watching this team all season and you've been seeing the film breakdowns, the design of this team is to have a, a strong defense that then creates uh, turnovers and creates a forecheck and can create scoring chances going the other way. And and when they have the puck, it seems like they'll want to possess it for a while sometimes before they actually take a shot. It's a different kind of hockey. It's a slower hockey than what's very vogue and what's in right now, uh, which you see with teams like the Maple Leafs and, and the Lightning, where they want to get a bunch of chances. They want to outchance you. They're going to outscore you that way. And, and that's how they play. The Blue Jacks do not play that way to game. It is a. It's essentially trying to not make a mistake, try play more disciplined hockey than your opponent, and then when they make a mistake, take advantage of it. And it's not a bad strategy. Uh, what it does require for it to work is that when you get opportunities, you 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 convert them, which is where I, the Blue Jackets were a middling team all year, kind of always on that bubble as far as the playoffs because the Blue Jackets. Even though I think some of the, we may have some game-breaking talent still in the roster developing, and I think we've got a couple of guys like Pierre-Luc Dubois, who's kind of becoming that game-breaking talent and kind of that star talent. If you don't have guys, if you don't have enough guys who can capitalize on that in those positions on those turnovers, it doesn't matter how many you get if you can't convert them. So that's the Blue Jackets game plan. All right, so we've looked at we've, we've talked about the numbers for the regular season. Blue Jackets were pretty much right in the middle of the pack for everything. Corsi for uh, shooting, expected goals for all of that. Taking a look at the uh, playoff uh, section here. Corsi for the Blue Jackets have been 23 out of the 24 teams that came back to play. So they're teams that are eliminated. That did a better job as far as taking more shots at 5-on-5 scoring venue, or 5-on-5 let me update this for my score and venue adjustment. I think the number is still the same for the Blue Jackets as far as ranking on that. Okay, they go up to 22nd when you when you adjust for score and venue. Um, 42.93%, so 22nd out of 24. Normally, again, middle of the pack. If they were staying middle of the pack, we'd be looking at a number like 12. They're not. To give you an idea, the 12th team is at 50%. 50.72% Corsi 4. So it would be at 42.8, or 42.93%. Not great, guys. Expected goals for 40.3%. Again, not not great. Scoring chances for 41.34%. dead last in the return to play. 41.34%. Scoring chances for. And I know some people are already just rolling their eyes at me and saying, oh, those are the number. You know, you don't win hockey in a spreadsheet. You win it on the ice, yada, yada, yada. Listen, this isn't about winning a game on a spreadsheet. This is about talking about the events that have happened and what we're looking at. High danger chances for, they're 23rd. 
The only team below them is the Capitals, which is impressive. But again, the Capitals, they only had to play, play they only played the exhibitions, and they're down three nothing to the Islanders, and are getting just smacked in every game of that series right now. So that's not something to hang your head on. That the Capitals are worse than us. It is us at this high danger chances for in these in this return to play format and the between the the qualifying round of Toronto and now this round of Tampa. 36.81% of the high danger chances are for the Blue Jackets. That's not good. That is not good at all. You cannot make that work long term. It is it, it's it's playing with fire. Why is this working? Why are the Blue Jackets actually winning right now? Allison Lucan who for some reason that is totally inexplicable to me who is no longer with the Athletic um, she put kind of a cryptic tweet out the other day that made it seem like maybe she'd been let go um, or that it was maybe some kind of layoff thing because the economy, I don't know, she didn't say. So anything we would say would be speculation. But she wrote this on First Ohio Battery um, about essentially how Jonas Corposalo is playing incredible. The Blue Jackets are outperforming what they're playing by far. Um and, and what, what she pointed out, and if you're seeing the graphic on the screen, great if you're watching the YouTube video. If you're not, go look at the article. It's a really good article. She puts a, a save percentage map up for Corpusala. You see it on the Fox Sports broadcast all the time where they'll show the goalie and show where the goals have gone in. What she does is compare his uh, essentially... Uh, what like what his save percentage is in certain areas and how much that has improved in the postseason. And it's incredible. He's outperforming what he did in the regular season just about everywhere. The man's playing out of his mind uh, as far as being able to make these saves. And and you can tell that because of the high danger chances. I mean, it, it's... The Blue Jacks just aren't playing the style of hockey they want to play. That That's all this comes down to right now. We're going to look at the specifics here with natural stat trick as in a minute. So let's look at it this way. If you look at their expected goals for percentage, in the game against Toronto, the first game where they won 2 nothing, at 5-on-5, five five, they had 52.04%. In the game they lost 3 nothing. it was 32.7%. That makes sense. In the miracle comeback, they were down 3 nothing, came back, won 4-3 in overtime. They had 43.08% chance. Which in a game where you're down three nothing, at some point you were outchanced and they they somehow came back. In the game where they were up three nothing and then lost, it was forty six point nine eight percent. So maybe you could argue they weren't shouldn't have been up in that game. Then in that closing game three, that closing game five where they won three nothing, forty six point three three percent. The lightning one is just abysmal. In the first two games against the Lightning, even the one they, they lost 3-2 in that five-overtime game, they only had 33.88% of the expected goals for. In the game they won 3-1, it's 34.31%. In the game they lost they lost 3-2 the other night, it was only 25.70%. That game felt more like a blowout than it did a 3-2 game. So, as Blue Jackets fans, where we have to wonder... And, and temper our expectations a bit and try and figure out what it is about this team and about what's happening in this postseason. Are they just riding a hot goalie? 
and and is is this season kind of giving us an unfair view of what this team is because winning around makes you feel like your team's better than it is uh, the best example I can think of was a couple of years ago when the Senators made a run all the way to conference finals. They lost a game seven to Pittsburgh. So the Senators, for a while after that, their decision-making was made on, hey, we were a goal away from going to the Stanley Cup final. And that informed a lot of choices that they then ended up having to tear the whole thing down. Do I think the Blue Jackets are at tear it all down mode? No, no, not at all. Uh, especially, I mean, you know, they're only down two, one in a playoff series. Some of you guys are saying, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm shouting an alarm that shouldn't happen. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is I think this team can do the things that we think it can do. I think this team could win. I think this team could come back and beat Tampa still and still make a run. I think that this team is still either a significant offensive piece or a maybe just developing a significant offensive piece into being a, a true real contender. Now, obviously, crazy things happen all the time. This team could come out and beat Tampa three straight, win that series, and they could run and win the cup. I, I mean, th- those things happen where teams just get hot and things amazing things happen. If I'm Yarmo Kekalainen, or if I'm just what I am, I'm a podcast host and I am trying to talk to fellow Blue Jackets fans about what to expect from this team, where to be at mentally with this team, because if they lose two more games against Tampa, that's it. That's the season. And, and I want people in the right mind space for where this Blue Jackets team is at. Because when you lose in the playoffs, it's an emotional gut punch. Um, when you don't make the playoffs, especially when you don't make it and it's not like on the final night you didn't make it or in that final week you're still making I mean, when you have time to deal with it, we've all had that feeling. When you've had time to deal with it, you you know, within, you know, there's three weeks to go in the season, we're not making the playoffs, you just kind of want to win what you can and move on. We've all dealt with that. And when that happens, we're fine with it. Uh, but losing in the playoffs, especially the way the playoffs are, where it seems like almost every time you have a an elimination game, you're you know you end up losing the game by one goal, and there's that one call that you think was just wrong, and if that hadn't happened, the whole game would have turned around. And then there's an emotionalness to losing in the playoffs, and I'm trying to speak to that part of your brain that doesn't want to be emotional about it, and that or that you can go to when you're emotional. There's there's a saying we have, and I forget where I, where we got it. Uh, me and my wife will say it to each other sometimes, which is that right thinking precedes right feeling. And it's the right way, you know, if you have the right thinking about where this, this club is at, then what happens, you'll feel better about it because you'll have that right thinking in mind, or at least you'll have the right feelings about where this club is at. And that's my view on where this club is at. I mean, it, it's a club that for a very strong reason offered Artemi Panarin an incred- a huge contract last year. It's a club that, for a reason, still wants a player like that. Now, am I saying, oh, we should have lost in the first round and then had a better shot at Lafreniere? No. Not at all. That's not at all what I want to say, because I, I, you never want to lose as a club. You don't want that to be part of your culture, that you somehow celebrate a loss. Now, I'm sure the Rangers are very happy that they're going to Alexis Lafreniere. Um, I hope the kid has an incredible you know, career, not good against us, but he can be fine against everybody else. 
I, I don't wish anybody ill. Um, but again, draft picks are just that. They're, they're magic beans. Maybe they'll be something. Maybe they won't. Again, everyone thought Nail Yakupov was a big thing. Everybody thought Yessi Pujarvi was a big thing. And that just didn't happen. So you never trade winning for potential winning. You, you want to win. That's what you want to do. But what I'm trying the point I'm trying to drive home to you folks is if if Pierre Luc Dubois keeps up and, and maybe he comes back and looks like that perennial score, or if Liam Foodie turns into something or Alexander Texier, uh, the offensive part of his game really starts clicking. Maybe that's what takes this team to the next step. Or maybe there's somebody in free agency that decides to come to the Blue Jacks that we didn't see coming. Or maybe one of these Russian guys we've got coming. Maybe he does something we didn't see coming. I don't know. But I still have that feeling of unless somebody presents themselves as that as that high-level offensive player we need to join somebody like Pierre-Luc, we're, just, we're not quite there yet. So if we lose this series, I'm not going to be heartbroken because I'm not going to look at it and say we were the better team. Because by the way they've played, they're not. By the talent level that I know of, we're, we're not. Um, now maybe Jonas stays hot and we win. I would love it. Or maybe... Liam Foody knocks in three goals in the next three games and looks like a superstar. And then we maybe we start looking like a team that deserves it. I don't know. Uh, but I'm that's where I'm at with this team currently. Um, the reason I wanted to go look at the stats from over the full year and then now, this team isn't playing as well as it was in the regular season for big parts. Sometimes they are. Sometimes they're playing really well. This is a team that the way they're composed their expected goals for can be a little lower. Their Corsi for can definitely be under 50% and they can win. Because uh, what the Blue Jacks were doing in the regular season, the reason their Corsi for was lower but they could win is, yeah, you were getting more shots, but more of them were blocked and more of them were uh, not great looks at the goalie and more of them were, you know, oh, you're just kind of throwing it at net to throw it at net and we've got two really good goaltenders so those ones really aren't going to go through very often. So that's where we're at as a team. That's my viewpoint. Hey there, have you ever thought to yourself, I really like hockey and I'd love a show to listen to, but I also don't have enough nonsense in my life and questionable opinions. Ha, I got the show for you, bud. And there's some really, really thirsty person in that group, okay, that will be like, I'll give you $7 for that lemonade. And the $2 person is like, whoa, okay, walking away. That person's crazy. That is exactly what happens in free agency all the time. And that is a really good metaphor. And if you don't appreciate it, Put the phone down and get out of here. We don't want you around. You can't say, hey, you tripped this guy, but also he dove. Well, if he dove, I didn't trip him. If you're a goalie, just, you know, chill. You don't have to do as much as you think you need to do. But also we talk about hockey. So go check out Siren Sounder, a Canes podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. New episodes every Monday and after every playoff game during the playoffs. Let's go Canes! couple of stories I wanted to comment on that happened last week. Obviously, we had the draft lottery. The New York Rangers won. That's fine. I, I would rather the Metro not have gotten it because, good heavens, the Metro, guys. This, this, this division is getting nuts. I mean, at this point, are we the only team in the Metro who doesn't have a number one overall pick on it? Maybe Carolina. Um, I mean, we've got, we've got Pierre-Luc when we moved up. And I think for uh, Carolina, it's Shesh, Fesh, Shneshko, but, uh, Andrei Shveshnikov. 
I'm still butchering it, but I think he's their kind of their move up guy. But at this point, obviously, you got the Penguins with their guys that are number ones. You've got Washington. You've now got the Rangers. Uh, Philly's got one. The Devils have got one. I guess the Islands haven't had one in a bit except since John Tavares. So, but the Metro is just a nightmare. Just is what it is. My goodness. Um, another story I wanted to come in on this week: the Tuka Rask thing. For those of you who are not aware, Tuka Rask, obviously the starting goalie for the Boston Bruins, went into the bubble, went in, didn't really play well, still never really played well, and then I think it was Saturday, announced he was leaving the bubble, he's going home to be with his family. Uh, some people had really bad takes on this about, oh, those are your brothers in the trenches. It's hockey, it's not war. It's not like you're fighting for the freedom of mankind. You're fighting so that I have something fun to watch on TV while I drink beer and eat snacks. So I can cheer for my team. It's 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 a totally different thing. And and what I wanted to say about the situation is I've had that feeling before. I think my guess as to what happened, and that's what a lot of this is, is guessing. My guess is that he went into this with the best of intentions. He said, I'm gonna I'm gonna go, I'm gonna play, I wanna be there for my team, I wanna try and win, that sort of thing. And then as he got there and he was away from his kids longer and cause he's got two kids that are under five and he's away from his wife longer, who's pregnant. I mean, at this point, I think they said he was in the bubble almost 60 days before he left. And if your guy who's already won a cup, maybe that wears on you a little bit. And, and I know that feeling. Um, last year, and I've, I've talked about this on the show, um, I had a family member who died of a uh, drug overdose. And... I was asked to speak at his funeral, which was uh, uh, a tough experience. I'll just be honest. It was a tough experience. If, if any of you out there have had similar experiences where you've had family members die or something like that, it's just awful. I mean, I mean, obviously it's somebody you love, it's somebody you care about, but then also it's different when it's a grandparent. Everybody, I think, knows, knows what I mean, where it's somebody who's older. There's kind of that. It, it's a, it's uh, my wife, who's a, a psychology person, uh, it talks about things being an in-time experience. You expect your grandparents to die before you. Once you reach a certain age, if you're, you know your friends' parents start dying, you kind of expect certain things. It doesn't make it less sad, but there's not that tragic element to it. I mean, if you know, my grandmother died when she was 84, it wasn't really a tragedy. It was more of just, I'm sad she's gone, but it was a life well-lived, that sort of thing. Whereas when somebody younger dies or something like that, it's just a tragedy because I mean, there was a whole life there that was never lived. Anyway, so I was asked to speak at his funeral, um, and I took a couple days off work while I was putting things together, and it was still another day or two until his funeral, and I tried to go back to work for a day. And I went to work, and I got maybe 10 minutes into my day, and I just, there was nothing I could do. I was just done. There was nothing I could do. And again, I mean, obviously, I don't know if Tukarask has any situation like that. I don't think it's that at all. I think think it's, from everything we've heard, it seems to be very much just a connection to his family thing, but... But it's that situation of thinking, I'm going to go to work, I'm going to do my job, I'm going to do this, and it just fell apart. And and I wasn't ready for it. And maybe that's where Tuka's at. And nobody should be criticizing him for it, nobody should be getting on his case for it. He just, he does what he has to do. And and there's certain things where people want to show throw how much money somebody's making in their face about it. No amount of money is going to keep you away from your family, especially now that he's already earned a bunch of money. I mean, even if even if the Brewers had come to him and been like, "Okay, well you can go, but you're not getting paid," he probably would have done it. Um, just my two cents on it. But 
I, I do want to thank you all very much for uh, for listening or watching if you're checking out on YouTube. Um, we've got a few more games to go here. I didn't I didn't even have the schedule pulled up on all this, but we will real quick here. Because honestly, for my own benefit as much as anything else. So tomorrow, Monday afternoon, there's a game at 3. This podcast should be up well before then, so listen to it. Uh, maybe, Hopefully what happens is maybe you listen to this after that, and you're like, well, Frank, that's not what happened in Game 4, so you're dumb, and I'd be perfectly happy for that to be the case. Then we've got Game 5 on the 19th, Game 6 on the 21st. Uh, let me grab a quick calendar so I can go over what dates we're actually looking at there. So the 19th, we got a Wednesday game, 21st, Friday. 22nd is uh, Saturday. And that would be game seven if necessary. So by the next time I talk to you, the Blue Jacks will either be on to the next round or we'll be talking off-season stuff. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Jonas could step up. Players they have could step up. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but I do want to thank you all for listening. And uh, go Jackets. Are you looking for a new jersey? Is there a new player you want? Do you want a do you want an Elvis jersey? Do you do you get excited about? Are you looking forward to the draft when a uh, when the Blue Jackets make a first round pick and you can whoever it is you want to get a jersey of them right away? I don't know. Whatever you're looking for, I do know that what you want to do is you want to go to coolhockey.com/thpn when you want to get a jersey uh, and use the promo code thpn because you're going to get uh, you're going to get 30% off there at the website. And, and coolhockey.com, I know that when you're searching around for jerseys online, you're wondering, am I going to get something that's worth it? Am I going to get one of these weird knockoffs where the numbers are all weird? What's going to happen? Coolhockey.com is going to have a great selection for you. They ensure that every product that leaves the doors is done to the specifications of the NHLPA. They don't outsource their jerseys for customization, so they're able to offer you all the best ones, um, great quality on it. Uh, so again, go to coolhockey.com slash THPN. So forward slash THPN and use the promo code THPN for all your hockey jersey needs. Again, coolhockey.com slash THPN. Please connect with the show on Twitter at ShootOncePod. And thank you for listening to the Shoot Once Podcast.